Welcome to the show, Life of a Dog in a Res, a place where we share funny, cringeworthy, and inspirational stories from our beloved Pueblo homelands. Stories that uplift the soul, provide us hope, and heal our spirits. Just like the warm, fresh tortilla right off the stove with a slice of Spam and green chili. Delicious. <laughs> I'm your host, Yashje, and I'm so happy that you joined me today. So, I had a blister on my toe a few weeks ago. Was a poet and didn't even know it. Sorry, bad joke. <laughs> I just finished a five-mile run and it was feeling great. I took off my shoes and my socks, even sang the song, It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Tossing my shoes from hand to hand. You remember that one, don't you? Good old Mr. Rogers. <laughs> well, I noticed I had a blister on my second toe. It wasn't painful, nor did it bust, but it was definitely a blister. I was going on a trip to an art show in Phoenix, and I was really excited to be going somewhere after two years being stuck under res. I snuck in one last workout before I left, unsure of my friend's schedule and travel habits. I am very cautious of injuries, especially when I run. My mind automatically raced to, Oh no, it's going to get infected. IV antibiotics, zero load bearing for eight weeks, blood draws, doctor's visits. I must give up running. I started to freak out. PTSD did kick in from an actual experience I had a year earlier. Well, I calmed myself down and rationalized the situation. I went to the gold standard of care on the res, Google. I typed in, to bust or not to bust a blister. What came back was 50 million search results. Exaggeration of actual numbers, just like my friend from Montana. You know who you are. <laughs> blister treatment, popping, and prevention was the top search. The general consensus was to leave it alone. If it's not painful or broken, it's filled with serum, the liquid part of blood that contains protective substances like antibodies, and well within a sterile environment. So, I left it alone. Although I was tempted to get a res dog to come over and lick the blister and let it do its magic. <laughs> Just kidding. Gross. A few days before the blister freakout of 2022, I realized that my daily runners were starting to break down. My knees started to hurt after a run. That's a pretty good indicator that my shoes have reached the end of their useful life. They now become muddy shoes as I call them, wearing them only when there is mud in the yard and I don't have to worry about cleaning them, just take them off at the door, put them back on when it is still muddy and eventually they'll make their way to the dump. Or sometimes, if we're lucky, the local res dog will do us a favor and dispose of them for us but not at the dump. I had a conversation with a girl I met at my son's hockey class late last year. She was from Hamas. Young, smart, very pretty eyes, but because we were masked up for a year, I couldn't see the extent of her beauty. We talked about random things to pass the time, and the subject of running came up. Turns out, she is a runner, I'm a runner, and the conversation turned to shoes. I told her in a very snobbish way, I only run in Nike Air Pegasus. Imagine me holding a cup of tea with my pinky extended and a monocle in one eye. Yeah, that's snobbish. Well, her being the nicer person, 
She asked me if I ever tried running in Hoka running shoes. I told her that I bought a pair several years ago, but I didn't like them. It felt like I was running in high heels. I've never worn high heels, nor ever run in them, but I thought it was a good way to describe the experience and make her laugh. She chuckled. Hockey ended and we went our separate ways. She did, however, contribute to my definitions of a res dog episode. I really appreciated the adult conversations we had within an ice rink full of kids. So thank you very much, pretty-eyed Hamus girl. I decided to deviate from my usual route of buying shoes online and went to Sports Systems in Albuquerque, convincing myself not to worry about getting the cheapest price. I hardly carry cash, but I had a hundy in my wallet for months that I forgot about, so I was ready to do this. I love to run in fun runs on the weekends, and I see many runners wearing hokas. People either love them or hate them, so I decided to give them another try. Running shoes are not cheap, but think about it. The amount of money we've dumped into slot machines, we could have had a room full of running shoes, a la Emil DeMarcos. Don't know the lady? Google her. <laughs> I met a Choctaw man at the shoe store wearing a pair of hokas. He had high praise for the shoes and told me that he only runs when his wife calls him for dinner. I told him the Hoka Shoe Company missed the opportunity to market directly to natives by not naming the shoes Hoka Haze. That was Crazy Horse's war cry at the Battle of Little Bighorn. To the Lakota, it meant it's a great day to die for family and to preserve their way of life. I pulled the trigger and bought a pair. Just like a little kid, I went home, ripped them open, and went for a short three-miler to test out these supposed amazing shoes. They were cushy, full of support, and stylish, but they gave me a blister. To be fair, I ran several times in the shoes over the week. I wore cotton socks, the worst kind of socks to wear for running on that fateful day, so it was partly my fault. Do these hokas now become my muddy shoes this early in the game? I don't know, but in full disclosure, I ordered another pair of my usual Nike Air Pegasus and still waiting like a kid for them to come. I belong to a run group called Albuquerque Fit. We meet every Saturday to do long training runs. The Saturday before my trip, we ran 8 miles leading up to the run for the zoo half marathon in May. I was feeling great. No blisters, no aches, no pains, and cut my average pace to 11.14 per mile. That might be snail's pace to many, but to this res dog, it's a lizard running away from a bird pace. We find inspiration in many things. Once, I was out on my usual training run along the ditch. Suddenly, a jackrabbit ran alongside me for a bit. Of course, he smoked me and continued off into the alfalfa field. Talk about humbling. But I looked at it as a sign to keep going and get faster. So, I took the blessings from the rabbit and continued my run. I found out that there was going to be a half marathon in Phoenix during the time of my visit. Well, when in Rome, right? Our next training distance with Albuquerque Fit was 10 miles. I figured a half marathon is just 3 more miles, so might as well do it. Then I remembered the blister. I had up until that Saturday to decide and was still seriously considering running. But in the end, I decided to just let my toe heal properly and support my friend without adding to the stress. So I took a rest break. I've had the opportunity to run marathons in Seattle, Denver, Hawaii, and of course, good old Duke City Marathon in Albuquerque. Each marathon has its highs and lows, and each hold a special place in my heart for the people that went with me to support me in all the things we experienced. In Hawaii, we were bused 25 miles away from the finish line and started the race at 5 a.m. 
The mile marker started at mile 25 and went all the way down to mile 1. Kind of weird, especially when you get around the halfway point. By then, the brain is just focused on finishing and calculating becomes fuzzy. At the mile 16 water stop, they didn't have any cups. So many runners skipped it and worked their way to the next water station two miles down. Runners started dropping like flies. I stopped at the no-cup water station to find a couple of teenagers manning the stop. I asked about the cups, and one teenager had the courtesy to look up and tell me, Ah, dude, we ran out. Naturally, I was bugged. But maybe because, oh, I don't know, I'm running a freaking marathon. Being the resourceful clown, I went to the trash can and found an empty Capri Sun juice pouch. I asked if they had any scissors. Of course they did. No cups, but they had scissors. I cut the top of the pouch and drank my fill. I put the pouch in my pocket just in case mile 14 or mile 18, however you want to calculate it. See, it's confusing. Ran out of cups. Luckily, they had cups. We ran along the coast for a good portion of the marathon. And every so often, if you looked off to the left, out to the ocean, you could see the whales breach the water. It was a magnificent sight. I was blessed to see a full breach with a massive splash. I don't know if it was the spirit of the whale or that banana I ate that a spectator gave me, but I found my second wind. Seattle is probably my favorite marathon to run. It's during Thanksgiving weekend. Many things are happening in the city during that time. We took it all in. The sights, the sounds, the crabs, the clams, the oysters, the fish, everything. Of course, in classic Seattle weather fashion, it rained the whole race. It wasn't overly cold, but the constant rain kept the race interesting. I appreciate all the cheers and words of support that the spectators shout out along the route. Way to go! You're almost there! At mile 15, when you still have another 11 miles to go, well... Not the most encouraging words to hear, especially when they take a big bite of their breakfast burrito afterwards. In contrast, the annual Lewis Tiwanama foot race held at Shamupavi Village in Hopi is a beautiful race to run. It starts at the top of the mesa and follows the ancient footpaths of the Hopi people. It descends into the valley below along the traditional cornfields and slowly makes its way back to the base of the mesa with the final mile being a 230-foot vertical climb up the traditional stairway back to the top. It's more of a crawl on all fours for this guy. My lungs were burning, my legs felt like jelly, and muscles spasmed with every step. But the part that makes this run magical, along the edge of the mesa, the Hopi people come out and encourage the runners in the Hopi language. It brings joy and happiness to our hearts and encourages us to keep moving forward through the pain and hardship just like our ancestors did. If you find yourself on Second Mesa on Labor Day weekend, join me at this beautiful run and experience what words can't describe. I never liked running. In PE class, I would find ways to avoid running. Some days I could, and some days were the worst. It hurt to run, and the coach didn't make it any easier. He would drop us off three miles away from the school and make us run back. I think that's pretty much child abuse and illegal these days. I played baseball, basketball, swam in the ditch, walked to a nudist camp in Agadones, that's another episode, <laughs> went on hikes and hunted all over the hills on the res, but I hated running. Little did I know that pretty much all the activities I did involved running. One day in my mid-twenties, I decided to go for a run. I think I was bored and wanted something to do, but I can't remember. 
I started out on the ditch, jogged about a hundred yards, and thought, hmm, this isn't so bad. Well, soon after it started to suck again, but I was determined to keep going. I ran another hundred yards and stopped again. I wasn't tired, nor did my feet or legs hurt, but I finally realized that it was my mind holding me back. So I continued running. That day, I think I ran just under a mile. The next few days were the same, feeling motivated, followed by thoughts of quitting, but I kept going. It started to get a little easier each day, and I could run a little bit farther. I ran almost every day, reserving Sundays for my rest days. Not because of the Lord's Day, but that's when we played basketball all evening at the courts. After a few months of running, I really started coming into my own. I was averaging about 7 miles per day. I didn't have a goal or a plan. I just liked running, and run I did. Sort of like Forrest Gump of the res. Thinking back to that time in my life, I should have trained for a marathon. I would have been fast. Just kidding. (laughs) My first official race was the Turkey Trek 5K in Albuquerque. A cousin told me about it, I ran it, and I was hooked. I thought I was supposed to run hard and fast, but quickly noticed that people were just having fun, enjoying running, and companionship. From that point on, time didn't really matter. It was about crossing the finish line and enjoying all the celebrations that come with fun runs. I worked my way up the running ladder. 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, then full marathons. It's cliche to say that running is my therapy, but I truly believe that. I've been running off and on for about 25 plus years now. It's gotten me through the worst times of my life and through all the beautiful parts. I run because it grounds me. It connects me to the earth. It numbs my brain, and during my run, nothing matters but the sound of my breath and my footsteps on the ground. Of course, when the run is over, life's struggles and problems are there waiting for me. But for that small period in time, all is right with the world. Pueblo people have a deep connection to running. When we emerged from the third world into this fourth world, we were instructed to find our place of readiness. The people didn't jump in a car or get on a plane to find their homelands, but walked. They migrated from the north, walking southward for centuries. They ran to pass on urgent information. They ran to catch food to feed the people and ran away from danger to ensure the continuation of their journey. Running is innate in all us natives. We honor the ancestors that walked this earth to find a better place for us through running. During the Pueblo Revolt, runners were sent out to the Pueblo villages with a knotted cord to indicate when the revolution would begin. If it wasn't for these brave men, and for some that made the ultimate sacrifice, our history would have been altered forever. To this day, Pueblo people still maintain that connection through ceremony, song, and action. If you are a runner, a walker, or even one that just likes to walk to the refrigerator during commercials, you are honoring our ancestors and continuing what they started. Well, the blister has now healed, and I finally got my new Nike Air Pegasus. I am running hills this weekend with a friend. Gosh, I hate hills. What men do to impress women? I guess we never learn. (laughs) If you have an inspirational running story you would like to share with the people, or you would like to join me on a run, I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at lifedogres at gmail.com. I look forward to connecting with you and learning if you would pay $8 for a fry bread and $2 extra for honey. 
Well, that's the end of our show. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Life of a Dog on the Res podcast, a place where we share funny, cringeworthy, and inspirational stories from our beloved Pueblo homeland. I hope this episode brought a smile to your face, made you laugh, and inspired you to do good things. I truly appreciate the love and support that you send, and I wish all of you the happiness and joy that we all deserve. If you have a funny, cringeworthy, or inspirational story you would like to share with the world, please shoot me an email. I look forward to hearing from you. If you like the show, please subscribe, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I would truly appreciate it. Spread the word to our families, friends, and fellow res dogs. Until next time, show them hope. Talk to you later. Bye.